Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Kevin Keppel about impactful executive coaching. Kevin Keppel, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks, John. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you. Where are you joining us from today? Dallas, Dallas, Texas. Yeah, hopefully the weather is nice there. It's been snowing all week here. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. I'm not sure how many total inches we've received, but it's literally been snowing nonstop all week. <laughs> so yeah. oh my we, gosh. We're, we're just boning up, you know, for a, for a nice uh, white Christmas Um Anyways, uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Today, we're going to be talking about impactful executive coaching. Before we get started, I just wanted to briefly introduce Kevin and share a brief bio. Kevin Keppel is an executive coach and host of the Unlock Your Freedom podcast. And Kevin, I would love it if you could share just a little bit more about your coaching uh, practice, your experience, as well as your podcast and what that's all about. Sure. So yeah, I get to gratefully work with different types of leaders to really help them spend more time doing what they love and really bringing their greatest work into the world. And we do that by really helping them align with whatever their natural genius looks like. And, you know, that's the whole deal, right? We want to grow as much as we can so we can give more. And, uh, you know, as leaders, that's, uh, that's, that's the deal. So how can we influence people in more productive and profound ways? And uh, through our podcast, you know, we kind of increase our volume and, you know, connect with different types of leaders and help them, uh, you know, unpack how they like to serve and, you know, with hopefully actionable ideas that inspire and empower the folks that come and listen to what we have to offer. I can say, you know, obviously we're, we're on this podcast having a conversation today. Uh, I find it enriching and invigorating to have these conversations with thought leaders and coaches and executives, uh, just like I know you do on your podcast. I think there's just tons of value in having these conversations. So I appreciate you taking your time to come on with me and to share your insights and wisdom with me and my audience. Let's go ahead and just launch on in and talk a little bit more about executive coaching. What is it about executive coaching that got you into it? Um, why, why is that a big focus of what you do? And then we can start to talk about how to do that more successfully and impactfully. Sure. So, you know, like a lot of people, I went to college and uh, had no idea really what I wanted to do. I knew a wanted to do something probably in the, the business world, which is a huge, massive, wide open thing to you know, go after, but I just didn't have any clarity. And so I went through college and got out and I didn't really get much additional clarity. I, I got a degree, which was awesome, but I got into professional sales and 
like a lot of industries, if you're successful in your role, you get promoted to leadership positions and suddenly you're in charge of a team or people. And that was pretty overwhelming. So I really had no idea how to lead. Um, I thought it was, you know, telling people what to do, which is not lead leadership, that's management. And fortunately I did have the wherewithal to you know, hire a coach and uh, that was great because it's so nice to have somebody who's a little farther down the road than you, or maybe a lot farther down the road than you to help you see you know, where you're wasting your energy or blocking it or simply not even using it in productive ways. And you know, it's not to be perfect. It's just to help you see what better looks like. And you know, it's it's really powerful because if it's you alone, you know, uh, you're just in this echo chamber and, you know, you don't know if the feedback you're giving yourself is accurate and then you can start falling, you know, victim to your own limiting beliefs and stories and it can really uh, hamper your growth. And, you know, like, uh, like I said earlier, the points to grow as much as we can and give it all away. And, you know, one of the best ways you can do that is find somebody that, you know, you believe in that believes in you and, uh, you know, just be humble and help, you know, go after what you want together. It's really, it's a lot of fun and it's really powerful. Yeah, it is powerful. And, you know, in, in this space that we work in, it's, it, we want to make an impact. We want to, influence and and see the ripples of the the work that we're doing and coaching you know is one of those great ways to do it and if we are impactful with one executive coaching client who then turns around as a more effective impactful leader within their organizations they may impact you know in hopefully positive ways hundreds if not thousands of employees and their families uh, that that's a lot of ripples. And so th- that's something that I also feel strongly about and I'm, I'm excited about in this work. Um, you also mentioned something that I think is really important and that is the echo chamber idea. I think we're, you know, all human beings fall into that trap. We all have our own biases. We all have our own baggage and assumptions and, and mental models, the way we make sense of the world. And uh, because of that, it's, it's just very, very easy to slip into kind of this mindset of if you think a certain way, that's what everyone else thinks. Uh, if you've done it, always done it a certain way, that's the way you should continue to do it. Um, to have a perception of yourself that may be completely out of whack with how other people perceive you and those interactions that you have with them. And so that's one of the greatest benefits of having a really skilled executive coach is having someone who can, you know, it, they can be the mirror that you hold up in front of yourself. So you can have some realistic um, feedback you can talk through issues. They can ask all the right qu- questions and help you think through things in ways that perhaps you haven't considered before. Get out of your echo chamber so that you can actually look at things with fresh lenses. And when you can do that, you know you start to to shine a light on those hidden areas, those areas that maybe are you know weaknesses or, or opportunities for growth that previously you either hadn't been aware of or you were kind of vaguely aware of them. And for whatever reason, you decided to kind of stick those on the shelf and and not think much about them. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you touched on such a great point. It's it, the coaching environment is so powerful just to have a safe place where you can get your thoughts out in front of you. And, you know, there's not really a, a bias. And if there is a bias, it's to help you get whatever it is you want. And it's great to have somebody help you maybe just see where you're not seeing things accurately. And you know, so often we make these these judgments of ourselves or judgments of situations or people and whatever you judge, like that's the end of your understanding because then you're like working to prove this judgment. Right. And you know, if it's some 
belief that limits your behavior, then that's going to harness you and keep you in this like static position. And you continue kind of defending the fort of that belief instead of progressing and evolving to new levels of you. And, you know, there's no stay the same in this world. If you're stuck with limiting beliefs, you're actually regressing because the world's still revolving around you. It's not probably in the way you want it to revolve around you. And so I think just having humility is such a massive superpower. And, you know, humility to me is, you know, seeing the good and the value in other people and in their ideas. Yeah. And again, we all have those limiting beliefs. You and I have them. Those people we work with have them. It's just part of the human condition. So the question isn't, you know, it's not, let's get rid of all limiting beliefs um, because it's just part of life. It's part of what, what we navigate, but we can learn how to help in a healthy way, successfully cope with and overcome those limiting beliefs and leverage, you know, the naysayers and, and kind of reframe and repackage any of those types of thoughts into motivation that can spur us on to do really cool, great things. Well, well, well. Shopping for a car? Yep. Carvana made financing a car as smooth as can be. Oh, yeah? I got pre-qualified instantly and had real terms personalized just for me. Doesn't get much smoother than that. Well, I got to browse thousands of car options on Carvana, all within my budget. Doesn't get much smoother than that. It does. I actually wanted a car that seemed out of my range, but I was able to add a cosigner and found my dream car. It doesn't get much... Oh, it gets smoother. It's getting delivered tomorrow. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get pre-qualified today. Um, you know, so rather than slipping into rumination and being debilitated, you know, by these not not feeling enough or imposter syndrome or all these different things, rather than that, you know, we can find our confident calm. We can focus in on what we are capable of. <clears throat> we can focus on the here and now and taking like that next step or that next couple steps to move things in a positive direction. Uh, and all of that will help us get to better outcomes, help us to gain confidence, help us to build trust with others around us, which will then allow us to be more productive and effective and innovative and you know successful as we're more collaborative. So it, it starts to build off of each other, right? And it all starts with you know recognizing that yes, we have limiting beliefs. Yes, things don't always work out the best possible way. And sometimes it's our fault. Sometimes it's just the circumstance. It's just the structure, the system around us. Um, ultimately, we get to respond though. We get to choose how we respond to those circumstances in the surrounding context. Yeah, I think that's one of our greatest gifts that uh, you know God or wherever you like to think of that you came from gave us is that power of choice. You know, it, it, you know, anger comes to us automatically, right? We have to choose happiness, and you know, chaos comes automatically. Problems come automatically. We have to choose peace, and it's it's okay. Like like you said, we all have limiting beliefs, and you know, it's important that we make new decisions, new decisions about ourselves, new decisions about the world, and you know, sometimes we just have to be okay not having all the answers. And I think it took me about three decades to get to the place where I could say I don't know and mean it because I was all ego from pretty much age 15 to 30. And like, I, th I thought I had to know everything. And if I didn't, something was wrong with me because, you know, the imposter syndrome you mentioned, it's like everybody else seems to have like this handbook to like life. And I, I guess I just didn't get the instructions. And, you know, then you fall <laughs> into that, 
comparison trap. And, you know, Teddy Roosevelt said it so brilliantly, comparison is the thief of joy. Because if I compare myself to someone else, that's not a fair comparison because we're different backgrounds, different people. And it's either we feel inferior or superior every time we compare. And that's a massive disconnect. And if you're not connecting with people, like you're definitely not going to be able to co-create or co-elevate. And alone, you know, you're a one-person band and there's there's always going to be blind spots that everybody has. Nobody's good at everything. And it's so important that we, you know, find people to compliment the things that we do well and, you know, whatever it is they do well and get together and, you know, really create something special that you couldn't do by yourself, which is obviously synergy. Again, I think back to the people that I've worked with recently, inevitably imposter syndrome shows up over and over and over again. And I think most leaders, people who find themselves in in managerial leadership and executive roles, they often find themselves thrust into those roles without a lot of preparation. Most leaders haven't been trained on how to be successful leaders. They were good at whatever they did. You know, they had technical expertise in whatever functional area they were in. And then because they were good and effective in that job, they got promoted and now they're in a leadership position. They don't really know how to lead teams or people. uh, And they're just kind of figuring it out as they go. And so it's natural that you would have imposter syndrome in that situation. And then you would compare yourselves to other people around you. You know, there's all this talk around executive presence. So you have people who are blustery and, and kind of this faux confidence and, and, and acting like they have it all figured out. And then you're like, well, I don't have it all figured out. What's wrong with me? Um, so the reality is they don't have it figured out either. Like they're, they're pretending. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. And, you know, it's, it's one thing to develop some internal locus of control and some confidence. I, I think that's important. But, you know, faux confidence doesn't really mean much of anything. And most people can see through that. So if you're if you find yourself in a new leadership role and you're struggling to get your footing and you're you're you feel that imposter syndrome, you know, sometimes people will refer to, you know, fake it till you make it. Now, I'm not a fan of that term, uh, particularly. It just seems inauthentic to me um, to fake it till you make it in its essence. You know, it's it's the reality that we're all learning along the way. I I. I tend to use the the phraseology around, you know, you're like building the plane while you're flying it. So I'm not faking it till I make it. I'm not trying to pretend that I have it all figured out. I'm, I'm very upfront with my people saying, you know what? I'm new to this. I'm getting to know you. I'm getting to know the processes, the systems. I'm getting to know this new role. Together, we're going to do something great, but we're going to have to figure it out together. We're building the plane while we're flying it. There's going to be, you know, good forward movement, but there's going to be times where we're going to have setbacks. We're going to iterate. We're going to learn from mistakes. We're going to grow. You know, that's a, in my mind, a very different framing. And it's one most people can get behind. Uh, most people recognize that the leader doesn't have it all figured out, that they don't have all the answers. They appreciate them being straightforward with them and they appreciate being included in the process of the growth of the team. And that's really authentic too. And that's a pretty important leadership trait, you know, inauthentic. It's like, Hey, I don't have all the answers. And you know, leadership is influence according to John Maxwell, you know, the godfather of leadership. And I agree with that. And I think that influence has kind of an equation that you have to work. And as a new leader, I know I, work, I try to work it backwards. I try to start with vision. I'm like, Hey, here's where we're going. Let's go get it. And it was great as long as I was there telling people what to do. But as soon as I went away, you know, the vision wasn't being manifested. And so it starts with trust. And when you're authentic, that's a great way to build trust. Because if I trust the leader, that means I feel safe. And if I feel safe, that means I'll go into the unknown. And that's the only place I'm going to create something new is in the unknown. And when I trust you, the leader, I also feel you know connected to you. And when I feel connected to you and your vision, that's when we get to co-create and co-elevate. And I think it's really 
you know, coaching or leadership, it's really important that the focus is you know, transformation. Obviously you're here and you want to go here. And, you know, with coaching, there's lots of different types of coaches, right? There's people who do like tactic specific. It's kind of like level one coaching. It's like, Hey, I want to maybe, you know, the specific area I want to get better at. Maybe I just want to be better at communicating with people. Maybe I'd be a better listener. It's like, okay, cool. Stop talking so much. Just ask good questions and actually listen. Or maybe it's, you know, a whole specific area. It's kind of level two. I want to be better, you know, with relationships and a professional setting. And then level three is like what we're looking for. That's transformational coaching, which is like where you help people create, you know, deep insights about themselves and about life so that they fundamentally shift the way they do things. And as a leader, you can really create transformational leadership. And it's, it's so simple. It's, you know, helping people understand where you want to go, but trusting them to use their unique gifts and abilities to get there. And, you know, whatever, whatever plan they bring you, you can make it better. Sure. But if you tell them, Hey, do it this way, then what's the point in hiring brilliant people or talented people? And, you know, Steve Jobs had that great quote uh, when he was at Apple the second time, he's like, Hey, we don't hire smart people so we can tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do. And, I, you know, the goal is to inspire and empower, right? Because if I inspire you, I stimulate you to action and motivate yeah. you and then empower, you know, give you the tools and the knowledge of what to do with that stimulation. And it's so simple, but it's not always easy. And that takes a different level of maturity and personal security, personal like centeredness and to be able to acknowledge, you know, that you're bringing the team around you for, to leverage their expertise. You are not the end all be all. You are not as a leader, the expert, they are the experts that you're leveraging. Right. And, and it's kind of the old model, the old school approach to leadership where you have, you know, the boss, the, the manager, the executive who kind of pulls all the strings and, and uh, kind of almost manipulates and uses carrots and sticks and levers to get people to do what they want them to do. That command control model, that more kind of top down um, authoritative kind of a model to leadership, just doesn't work in the modern world of work. Um, I mean, there are, there are cert- particular circumstances where that kind of approach can be effective in the short term, but as a general approach in the knowledge economy, it's not an effective approach. And, and if you make it all about you as the leader and everything has to funnel through you because you're the expert, you're the one that knows, um, there's no possible way that you know everything. Uh, so if you try to do that, people are just going to see through it a mile away and they're going to think you're an arrogant prick and you're not going to get the best out of your team and and you're going to be a bottleneck and blah, blah, blah. Um, if you can't acknowledge that you're, you're hiring the best people um, who probably are better than you in technical areas, uh, if you can't do that, if you're not secure enough in yourself uh, and with your leadership style and approach to be able to do that, you're going to end up hiring subpar people having a subpar team, everything's going to funnel through you. Your team isn't going to perform well. You're going to look bad as a leader. So ironically, the best way to be successful as a leader and to look amazing and accomplish really great things with your team is to have some more intellectual humility, to lean into their potential and expertise and support them and develop them. When you do that, then the sky's the limit in what you can achieve. I was just reading Dan Sullivan's Who Not How. And it's like, man, it's such a brilliant book. Like, I don't need to one be the one doing the how and everything because you know it's gonna be a really slow roll if I am, because like I don't hire people to build a website for me and then like, hey, let me teach you about coding, which it's gonna be a really short conversation because I know nothing. And it's really frustrating when you sp- find yourself 
doing things that you have no talent at. And, you know, you know, to your point earlier, it's like, you know, building your plane as you're flying. Like Johnny Carson has that great quote. He's like, jump off the cliff and build your wings on the way down. And that doesn't mean just run, run, you know, into the fray without a clue of what's going on, but it's like, Hey, take intelligent action. But you know, once we get into action, we get immediate feedback of some sort and maybe it's one more way not to do it. But if I'm just, you know, constantly telling people what to do and creating these expectations, that's really dangerous because if I have expectations of myself or other people, like I don't really leave you an opportunity to win because if you do what I expected, that's what I expected. And if you don't, you failed me. And like, man, that's really a hard way to move through life because you kind of create this fear-based culture. And if I'm constantly in fear, I'm not creating, I'm just reacting to whatever it is. And every time I react, I create resistance and that leads to more resistance and on and on and then stress and overstress and, and it's just chaos and there's nothing innovative happening. And it's just like, a, you know, this groundhog day version of your business, but it's not like fun, like Bill Murray was having in the movie, right? It's like less and less effective <laughs> and less and less inspiring to you. Well, remember in the movie, he had days where it was fun, but he also had like depressive episodes right. and he had like, you know, like he, he had the whole swing. Right. And yeah. and that's the reality when you're in a groundhog day, kind of a scenario, like it's, it's just not a sustainable thing. Like you have to, people have to wake up invigorated, ready to go to work and do cool things, working with great people. And if you as a leader can't create that kind of an inclusive environment of belonging where people feel like they can bring their whole authentic self to the work and that they can do, you know, what, what they do best each and every day. If you're not, creating that kind of an environment, then people just naturally over time will burn out. Uh, and it could be that overall, the organization's a good organization. Overall, the team's a good team. Overall, you know, you're a good boss. But if it becomes stagnant, that's the kiss of death. Not only will you no longer be innovating in a way to, to add value to the market to help you maintain your competitive advantage, uh, to, to continue to exist as an organization, uh, but, you know, people just won't, be engaged. They won't be invested as much. They'll be, you know, they'll start to go through the psychological withdrawal or the quiet quitting. They'll, they'll start to be looking for other opportunities that will excite them. And so let's just focus on creating that uh, within our teams. And, you know, there are so many different ways you can get coached. Um, so when we talk about executive coaching, like you mentioned, you know, it, it includes a whole lot of things. Um, ultimately, one of the greatest benefits I think is for any, anyone listening, anyone who's in any sort of leadership capacity uh, to take some time to do some self-reflection, um, consider where your strengths lie, uh, where some of your weaker areas are, um, maybe some of the gaps that might exist in how you approach and, and deal with your team and, and your interactions with other people and how you perform your job. And then, and then reach out and have some co initial conversations with some coaches. Uh, I, I'm a, the, of the belief that pretty much everyone could benefit from having a good executive coach, just like most people can benefit from having a good therapist. Most people will benefit, just, yeah. you know, just having those, those external people that you can run things by, you can get input back from like that is just super, super valuable in the super messy, complex world that we live in. So if we want to continue you know, to put our best foot forward, to lead effective teams where we help our people to put their best for, foot forward, then, and then I think coaching is a really great way to go about uh, gaining that self-awareness that you talked about earlier. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what, you know, the power of coaching is it's somebody who tells you not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear to get where you want to go. 
And, you know, if you're a professional, like, I mean, look at any professional athlete, they have a coach. If you were watching, you know, an NFL football game, there was no coaches on the sideline, that would be wild. Or, you know, if Roger Federer didn't have a coach, that would be odd, right? And if you want to be a high level professional, you got to treat yourself like a professional. And it's like so simple. If I want to be above average, I got to do things that are above average. And, you know, average players don't have coaches because, you know, they're okay with the status quo. That doesn't make than bad people. But, you know, if you want to do exceptional things, then you have to do, you know, do things that other people aren't doing. And, you know, not all coaches are the same. Like you said, you know, find somebody that resonates with you that, you know, their values line up with your values. And, you know, even coaches that I had that I didn't feel like were probably the best fit for me, I still got a lot out of the interaction because I mean, just, you know, the, the universe rewards effort in that way, I feel. And, you know, find somebody that resonates with you and, you know, have a call with them or just read some of their content, watch their videos and connect with them and just go into it with a very open, open mind and open heart, you know, see where it can go. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Kevin, it has been a real pleasure. I know at the time I need to let you go here in just a minute, but before we wrap things up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience, how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm on pretty much any social media. So Kevin Keppel, uh, a lot of time on Instagram or LinkedIn. I've got a free masterclass that I offer a couple of times a month too. It's kevinkeppel.us slash own your genius. So if you want to get around some like-minded people on like-minded journeys that are looking to go further faster, we'd love to see you join us there. And, uh, you know, a final word on leadership and coaching. I think one of the skills that's often overlooked is kindness. You know, if you just are intentional about being kind more than you're being right, really good things are going to happen in all of your relationships and interactions. And that goes for, you know, yourself too. You know, you got to love yourself first or you don't have any to share with other people. Yeah. Well said, Kevin, it's been a real pleasure. I encourage my audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Kevin can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. If you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.